وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُ When he reached his Ashud. So Yusuf السلام, he was in the house of the Aziz, growing up over there, working, learning many things, being exposed to very interesting things. Now what happened? He reached his Ashud. Ashud, maturity. From the root letter, Sheen, Dal, Dal. Shadeed is to be tough, to be severe. And Ashud is the peak of you know, your strengths. Your strength is what? Your toughness. All right? So Ashud is the peak of that. When a person is physically strong, mentally strong, emotionally strong. And it is said that the age of Ashud, the age of maturity, is somewhere between 30 and 40. Somewhere between 30 and 40. Now you might think, oh, I'm 20-something, and I thought I was pretty mature. Okay, alhamdulillah, you may be very close to maturity, but real maturity comes somewhere between 30 and 40. Okay? Because you're physically able, especially for men, physically strong, emotionally more stable, mentally stronger also, right? Better in control of their emotions. So when he reached this point, what happened? آتَيْنَاهُ We gave him hukman, wisdom, judgment power, وَعِلْمَ And also knowledge. It is said that hukm over here refers to prophethood. So Yusuf officially received prophethood at this age. And where was he? In the house of Aziz as a slave. Think about it. A prophet of Allah is a slave in somebody's house. Who is a prophet of Allah? The best of people. The best, the best of people. He is the prophet of Allah. But in dunya, we see that Yusuf didn't have much status at this point. We think that as soon as I put my hijab on, I should be getting 100% marks at school. As soon as I start praying my five salahs, I mean, I should be getting a promotion. I should be getting every job offer. What's going on? This deen is not working. No, it is working. It is working for sure. It's just going to take some time. Because you're not ready for all those big changes. So, آتَيْنَاهُ حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And thus do we reward the muhsineen, the doers of good. Meaning, this reward was not just for Yusuf salam, but for others also who behave like Yusuf salam behaved. Who do what Yusuf salam did. What did Yusuf salam do in this situation? He was patient. Right? He focused on the positive. He accepted Allah's decree. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls him a muhsin. وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ He was a muhsin. Can you imagine being a slave and yet being a muhsin? Who was a muhsin by the way? Hmm? The one who does ihsan, the one who does good. What kind of good? The same good that is done to him? What is ihsan? Do better than what someone has done to you. Right? So if someone gave a $50 gift card to you on your graduation, and when they graduate and it's your turn to give them a gift, you don't think that, oh, they gave me 50, so I should also give them 50. You say, I'm working already. Alhamdulillah, I have a lot of money. And I know that this poor friend of mine is going to be waiting for quite some time until she can actually get a job. So I can afford to give her $100. I can give it. Why not? That is ihsan. You do more than what the other person has done to you. Right? 
Ihsan is also to be beautiful, meaning in your actions, in your behavior. Generally what happens, how do we behave according to the situation that we are in? If we are hungry, like for example when we're fasting, we're hungry, and we are sleep deprived, then how is it that we speak to our family members? Be quiet, don't talk to me, I'm going to snap at you. That's it. Shut the door. Turn the TV on. Block everybody off. What's the point of that fast? There are many people who fast, but they get nothing from their fast except hunger and thirst. Right? Why? Because their fast did not really benefit them. Because whoever is fasting must also observe the fast of their tongue, of their ears. Ihsan is to behave better, to rise above the situation that you're in and behave better, to respond better. An average person, yes, if he's sleep deprived, if he's hungry, he's going to be cranky, he's going to be groggy, he's going to be irritable. But the person who's doing ihsan, he's not going to behave like that. How is he going to behave? How is she going to behave? Tell me. Snapping, answering back, just waiting to pick a fight, yelling. Yeah? Is this the behavior of a muhsin? Think about it. If you're working under someone and you've gone through a lot of difficulties in life, you've gone through a lot of difficulties in life, how is it that we typically behave with people? How is our attitude with people? What kind of attitude do we have? Like for example, if you come home and you snap and somebody says, everything okay? Like I had a very bad day. We justify our bad behavior by what? Having a bad day. Right? We think bad day, bad behavior. That's fine. No, this is not the behavior of a muhsin. Muhsin is bad day, but still good behavior. Still a smile, a salam. Treat people the way they deserve to be treated. This is the attitude of a muhsin. Yusuf is living as a slave and Allah calls him a muhsin. He's gone through so many difficulties in life, yet Allah calls him a muhsin. Because muhsin, he doesn't complain all the time. I didn't get to sleep much. And look at you, you have it so easy. And my life is so difficult. You don't know what I've gone through. Don't compare me with yourself. I have all the right to raise my voice. I have all the right to not do this and not do that. Right? This is how we think. That's not a muhsin. وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Yusuf did ihsan in this situation also. And what was his ihsan? Firstly, towards his Lord. And what was that? He didn't complain. He didn't complain. Our problem is, something small happens and we complain about it the entire day. We cannot rest until we've actually complained about it. Something happened a week ago. But it's still bothering us. I cut my hand, I got a paper cut. After a week, we will tell somebody even. Why? I got a paper cut. I don't know why it happened to me. I don't want it to happen to me again. We're upset, we're angry. We don't overcome these problems. We don't forget about them. We dwell on our problems. This is why we don't grow through them. We go through life, we don't grow through life. This is our problem. So he did ihsan, first of all, towards his Lord. How? By accepting his decree. By accepting what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided. 
by not complaining about it by embracing embracing the change and secondly ihsan towards the people also why is it that we cannot do ihsan with people because we cannot accept allah's decree we blame people we have high expectations of them and when people fall short of those expectations we get very disappointed exactly the problem is that we are the ones who are suffering at this time other people doesn't even matter to them i mean if yusuf alayhi salam 14 year old 17 year old if he had a big attitude problem you know as a typical teenager would living in somebody's house especially as a servant would that harm the aziz of misr at all what would he do simply okay sell him get rid of him get rid of him okay he would go from one house to another to another to another pick a fight here pick a fight there murder someone here you know harm someone else there steal something here steal something there why because people who don't accept allah's decree they think whatever is happening to them in life is because of people and they want to take revenge from people and they think injustice is there right i mean they can do whatever they want but what happens who suffers at the end they suffer but if you accept that okay this is something that allah decreed for me this is something that allah allowed should happen in my life then we won't be angry with people we won't blame them for our circumstances we won't have high expectations of people then we will be able to do ihsan what holds us back from doing ihsan is what not being able to accept allah's decree and those who accept allah's decree then look at how they progress look at how they grow wa kadhalika najzi almuhsinin thus do we reward those who do ihsan meaning anyone who does ihsan in a situation like yusuf alayhi salam did allah will also bless him allah will also bless him you know we learned earlier in surah al-a'raf that nations that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put through so much difficulty initially why la'allahum yatadarra'un so that they would become humble before allah difficulties come in our lives to make us humble but people who don't accept those difficulties who don't embrace them instead of becoming humble what do they become angry violent criminal minds that's what happens to them right who those who don't accept allah's decree those who don't become humble through the difficulties that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent their way think about it you're you know walking outside on your way home you open the door and your key as you're taking it out of your pocket kind of scrapes on your finger you get hurt you're trying to unlock the door and you drop your bag and then you go inside and somebody had to leave their shoes right in front of the door so you almost trip over it now one reaction is every time that something happens a four letter word here a four letter word there a curse word here a curse word there this is how we typically respond but another way is you say astaghfirullah what's happening Why are there so many difficulties in my way? What did I do? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. You do istighfar, and then Allah opens ways for you. And then what will happen if you start cursing and getting angry? The moment you see somebody, you're going to start yelling at them. Why did you leave your shoes over here? 
And why did you have to lock the door at this time? Don't you know I come home every day at this time? Right? Beautiful. That many times it happens that when criminals are asked about why they have done what they've done, they say that I was abused as a child. I was abused when I was younger. So I'm basically taking revenge. And she's mentioning about how a police officer, he was asking somebody and this is the response they gave. And the police officer said, well, I was also abused as a child. But I decided to come on this side. Instead of you know, promoting the crime, stopping it. If somebody did bad to me, that doesn't mean I go and do bad to others. No, I'm going to rise above the situation. Somebody did bad to me, I'm going to stop that bad. I'm not going to let that bad happen to others. I'm not going to let this virus spread. I'm going to stop it right there. And who can do that? A muhsin. And this attitude is very important. Very important. The reason why we have bad relationships with our parents, with our siblings, with our spouses, with our children, what's the reason? Because we don't forgive them. Because we don't accept them. Because we don't accept Allah's decree. We hold grudges. And when we hold grudges, we are holding ourselves back. We are harming ourselves first before we harm anybody else. So, وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Thus do we reward those who do ihsan. وَرَاوَدَتْهُ And she enticed him. Another chapter of his life. You barely get over one problem. You adjust to a situation. And then what happens? Another test begins. Something that you could never imagine also could happen to you, happens to you. Does it ever happen that you barely deal with one problem and you turn your face to the other side and there's another mess waiting for you? The other day, somebody was over at my house and they took some time. So by the time they left, the mess that my daughter had made all over the house, I mean, there were clothes out of the drawers, and not just out of the drawers, they were in other rooms. Every room had toys out on the floor. I mean, don't talk about the toilet paper, don't talk about things in the cabinets. In the, I mean, the whole house was a mess. I didn't know where to start from. I look here, by the time I have fixed this, she's done something else. She was upset because I didn't take her to the park. Right? So it happens sometimes. You barely deal with one problem that another one has already begun for you. This is the life of a believer. A life of tests. Because this life is about what? Problems and tests. The purpose you know, behind why we're here, the reason why we're here in this dunya is what? Test. We are being tested. So if it's not one thing, it's going to be another. As soon as you resolve one issue, another is going to begin. And what do we want? Things to become perfect. Things to become perfect. Right? Like for example, many mothers, you know, with their first child, they're very observant. Oh, he's going through this phase. I hope it's going to be over. And then finally when it's over, you realize that they are in another phase. And then as soon as that is over, you realize they are in another phase. And we keep waiting. Oh, when they're one year old, then I'll do this. When they're two year old, then I'll do this. When they're three year old, then I'll do this. And life just, you know, slipping away from our hands basically. Because in every part of life, you're going to have a new set of problems. 
a new set of problems in every phase of life. So Yusuf also, when he was settled in the house of Aziz Misr, a new problem began. And what was that? Rawadatu. Rawadatu is from the root letters Rawadal, road. And road is basically to walk about. I mean to come and go in search of something. Like for example, if um, you have some guests, let's say your friend is over, okay? And you have a feeling that your mom is not really happy with this friend of yours, right? You sometimes get that feeling, right? That your mom doesn't like a particular friend of yours. So what happens is that you're sitting with your friend, maybe you are you know, doing something with her and she comes, your mom comes, you know, looking for something and then she goes and then after five minutes she comes again. And then after ten minutes maybe your brother comes and you wonder, did mom send him? And after ten minutes she calls you. There's like constant interruptions. Right? You know that something's going on here. I'm not saying that this is how you should think about your mom. But I'm just saying that sometimes you may have felt this. You may have felt this. That if somebody's coming again and again, I mean, they just came like two minutes ago, and after five minutes they're back again, there is some reason. They might not be open about it, but there's some reason why they're coming like this again and again. So this is raud. This is raud. And from the same root is the word irada. Irada is what? Intention. Now when you intend to do something, you don't just sit there. That intention is going to move you. You're going to get up and do it. Right? So, rawada yurawidu murawada. This is basically to intend something yourself and to also want the other person to have the same intention. You want to do something? And you want that the other person should also have the same intention. So what do you do? You speak to them once, you didn't really get a good response. So then the next day you speak to them in another way. You didn't really get a positive response. So you leave it for a week. And then after a week you touch the topic again. From a different angle completely. And you think that okay, there may be a little bit okay about it. Then after another week you discuss it in more detail. And then you have won them over. Does, has it ever happened with you? Like for example, you want to go somewhere and you know that your mom is not going to let you go or your dad is not going to let you go. He's not going to buy that thing for you. So you just mention it in passing. And then you mention it again in a different way. And then you mention it again in a different way. And then eventually what happens? You convince him. Whereas if you went straight up to your father and said, Dad, can you buy this for me? He'd be like, no. What have you done that I should buy this for you? What will you do? You're passing by that store. Dad, that looks so nice. I wonder... How much it's for? It's really nice. And then at home you open up a magazine, you're like, see, same thing. And then you get some good results, like, Dad, look, I got such a good mark. And then you say, you know, if just in case you're trying to get me a gift, you know, for Eid, I really, really like this. Yes. So for example, after school, your dad picks you and um, you know that there's an ice cream store that's on the way and you really want that ice cream, or you really want an ice cap, so you're not going to say, Dad, can you just get me an ice cream from here? If you say it, it looks really bad. Right? And you might just get a no. So what do you do? Where's that ice cream store? Is it up ahead? I am so thirsty. Today was so hot. Oh my God. I was sweating all day. I'm so thirsty. 
He's like, are you thirsty really? Would you like a snack? And then he's like, okay, let's just go for ice cream. That's the way you convince somebody. And who's really good at it? Women. Kids are good at it. But women, they can get their husbands to do things that even the mother-in-law is amazed. How did you manage to do that? How? What did you do? She can convince him. You know, in one way or another, eventually after two years, after five years, she figures out which strings to pull and then she can manage to get him to agree. So anyway, this woman, وَرَاوَدَتُهُ She tried to seduce him. Who? Allati she, هُوَ he was فِي بَيْتِهَا In her house. Now the woman in whose house Yusuf was, who is she? The wife of the Aziz. The woman whom her husband told, treat Yusuf well, perhaps we can adopt him as our son. Can you imagine the age difference there? I mean, yes, there is a status difference, but there is also a big age difference. This woman is trying to seduce an-nafsihi from himself. An-nafsihi from himself, meaning from his firm intention and resolve to remain chaste. Because people who are determined, they don't fall easily. Right? You really have to convince them through different ways, again and again, repeatedly, and then you manage to push them off. Then you manage to cause them to slip. So she tried to seduce Yusuf salam, meaning she tried to convince him to do haram with her. And in order to do that, وَغَلَّقَتْ And she locked up. غَلَّقَ يُغَلِّقُ تَغْلِيقُ Is to close doors firmly. Not just to shut the door, but to close it firmly. And also to lock it, if that's a possibility. So غَلَّقَتْ She locked, she closed firmly and she locked up الْأَبْوَاب All the doors. The main door and Allahu alam which door and which door. It looks like a big house. So she closed every possible door. وَقَالَتْ And when she trapped him, basically, she said, هَيْتَلَكْ Come here. I mean, she openly invited him to do haram with her. Openly invited him. The word haytalat, some scholars have said that it's not originally an Arabic word, but it gives the meaning of a command, and it means come here. And some have recited haytalak as haytu, haytulak, or haytu, which basically means, it's from the root letters hayya hamza, hayya ayu hayyu is to prepare. So meaning that I'm ready for you. You just need to come, I'm ready for you. So she openly invited him to zina. Think about the age difference, the status difference between the two. Yusuf had no inclination for her at all. He was a prophet of Allah. He had hukum, he had ilm, he was a muhsin. He wouldn't do anything like that. But you see, she, she was inclined towards him. Many times it happens that we think, what's the problem here? I mean, this man, he's... Like my father, he's like my big brother. He's like my younger brother. He's five months younger than me. He's two years younger than me. I'm already married. He's already engaged. He's already got children. There's a huge difference, age difference, status difference, whatever it may be. But a man and a woman, non-mahram, when they're alone, who's the third? Who's the third? Shaitan. You may have a very clean heart. 
But the other person, what's going on in their heart, you don't know. And especially, my dear girls, when it comes to men, I mean, this is a completely awkward, different situation over here. But generally, girls, they're very naive in the sense that they think, oh, what's the problem here? He's just like my brother. You know, we're cool. We're just friends. We're just friends. But the other guy, what's going on in his head? Even though you're 10 years younger than him, you don't know. You don't know how he thinks about you. You don't know what he's thinking about you. You don't know what he's interested in. So what do you have to do? Protect yourself. Protect yourself always. Never be in a situation where you are alone or you are coming too close to someone from the opposite gender. Maintain a distance. Deliberately maintain a distance. It doesn't mean don't talk to them at all. If you are in a group, you know, for a school project or something, you say, no, 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 I don't speak to men at all. I don't speak to boys at all. No, you have to do that. Maintain a distance. Never be alone. Never be too comfortable. Never feel, you know, comfortable around them because you never know what's going on in their head. And men and women, they think very differently. Women... You know, take their friends as friends and men don't always think like that. And I'm sure you all, I think I also showed you that video once, right? About men and women, can they ever be friends? Did I show that? I think I did. If you don't remember it, you can just Google it and see it, convince you. So this is the reason why we are forbidden from being alone from people from the opposite gender and maintain a distance also. So what happened over here? She openly invited him. He said, Ma'ad Allah. Ma'ad Allah. I seek Allah's protection. May Allah protect me. Never. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to respond to you. And notice, he's not relying upon himself. Who's he relying upon? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we think, no, no, I'm very firm. I'm not easily convinced by others. I know who I am. I know where my limits are. And it's okay, I will talk to this person, I will explain to them, and I will discuss with them that it's not really appropriate for a Muslim girl to be like this. Ha, forget about it. Forget about it. That discussion is going to turn into something else. It might turn into something else, especially if you're relying upon yourself. Yusuf is seeking whose protection? Allah's protection. Qala ma'ad Allah. And he says, إِنَّهُ Rabbi, Indeed, He is my Lord. Allah, my Lord. أَحْسَنَ مَسْوَيْ He has provided me with such a good residence. I mean, He's given me so much. How could I do haram and disobey Allah? If I do that, إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ Those who do zulm, they can never be successful. Another meaning of this ayah is, إِنَّهُ Rabbi. Rabb over here gives meaning of master. And Yusuf is basically talking about the husband of this woman. His master. That he's been so good to me, how could I betray him? How could I betray him, his trust? How could I do haram with his wife and betray this man who's been so generous to me? If I do that, إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ That would be zulm, that would be injustice, and such people can never succeed. They can never ever succeed. What does this show to us? Who succeeds? Those who do zulm? No. Who's successful? Those who are fair. And those people who are unfair, they can never ever be successful. وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ And certainly she intended for him. هَمَّتْ هَمِّمِيمْ 
she resolved she had the intention she was certainly determined to have zina with him wahamma biha and he would have also intended to have relations with her he would have also intended to do the same because after all he was a man a young man and the greatest fitna for men is who women and fitna meaning that they literally fail before a woman a man who's very strong and very determined a woman can convince him to do anything literally she can a woman has that power the power of seduction right she can seduce him very easily and it's a strength that women have been given but many women they use this in the wrong way they misuse it they misuse it many times it happens that married girls if they come and ask me for some advice with their husbands or i just say you know show to your husband that you need him just show to your husband that you need him and that you love him and you miss him and just uh, show yourself as very needy just pretend like that even if you don't feel like it and watch him melt before you literally watch him melt before you if the husband feels oh my wife needs me hmm she needs me wow his ego you know it just boosts up and he's there for her he'll leave his work and come rushing he'll do that but provided that that the woman shows she knows which strings to pull right so anyway walaqad hammat bihi wa hamma biha he would have also intended the same he would have also inclined to her but what is it that protected him laula if not an that ra'a he saw burhan rabbi the proof of his lord allah protected him how yusuf alayhi salam saw burhan of his lord what is burhan proof meaning something that convinced him at that point that he should run away from that woman he should not listen to her because you see when we intend to do something anything there is an internal battle going on one force you know tells you do it and another voice it tells you don't do it right which one do you follow which one do you follow the one that convinces you the one that convinces you what is it that will convince you that which has some solid proof or some valid reason or something like that which will convince you to answer to respond to it like for example i mentioned to you earlier salad and cheesecake someone who's counting their calories someone who's watching their food you're telling them have it it's really good trust me i'm not going to the states for another month and the next time i go i don't know if i'll be able to bring back a piece for you because you know it's quite hot so have it so they're tempted to have it but then they look at their app and it tells them you have only a certain number of calories left for the day huh so you're like no i can't have it just take it away from me you just pick up the salad and go away what convinced you what convinced you have your salad not the cheesecake why because you have only a few calories left for the day if you have this cheesecake you won't be able to have your dinner and you'll be hungry for the rest of the day right so that convinced you because it was more weighty on the other hand 
if you don't even open your app and you don't even count the number of calories that you've got left for the day, you're like, oh, you know what? I'll see later. Let me just have this cheesecake right now. Ah, yum. You just keep looking at it and admiring it. And before even you put it in your mouth, you can taste it. So obviously, you're going to have the cheesecake. And later on, when you open your app, you realize that you're way beyond your limit. So anytime you want to do something, there's two forces. You know, there's two voices. One telling you to do it, the other stopping you from it. Which one are you going to respond to? The one that's more powerful. Yusuf salam, being a man, a young man, and being invited by a woman like her, meaning someone of power, the wife of his master, meaning he wasn't used to saying no to her for anything, and here she is openly inviting him to haram, all the doors are closed, what is it that convinced him to avoid her? Burhana Rabbi. The proof that Allah gave him. And what was that? That this is not how you respond to people who've done ihsan to you. This master has been so good to you. How can you cheat him? How can you do haram with her? And how can you commit zina while your Lord is watching you? Your Lord is watching you. How can you commit zina? You cannot. So he realized at that time what he should do. And this is the reason why he was able to keep away from haram. Many times it happens that the opportunity to sin is right before us. We're at the verge of it. Literally at the verge of it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects His servant from sin. So, لَوْلَا أَرْوَآ بُرْهَانُ Rabbi. This is why it's so important to keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, protect me from the shar of my nafs. أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ نَفْسِي وَمِنْ شَرِّ shaytan. And also make dua that, Ya Allah, protect me from my right, from my left, from in front of me, from behind me. Because there is fitna, shaitan is trying to attack us from everywhere. So Allah protected him from sin. كَذَلِكَ لِنَصْرِفَ عَنْهُ السُّوءَ وَالْفَحْشَاءَ And thus it was that we should avert from him evil and immorality. Why? Because إِنَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا الْمُخْلَصِينَ Indeed, he was of our chosen servants. And Allah protects such servants. Allah protects such servants. Which ones? Those who are chosen. And who's chosen? Who's chosen? Prophets? Okay. And which other servant is chosen? Why? What makes him special? What makes him deserving of Allah's special help? Because he's seeking Allah. He is happy with Allah. When you are happy with Allah's decree, then Allah is also happy with you. And if he's happy with you, then he will guide you. Yusuf embraced the change and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also helped him and protected him. What lesson do we learn from this? Is there any justification for sin? Hmm? For disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What's the justification that we generally have? Oh, you know, it's not me. I really don't want to do it. They're telling me. My mom's telling me. My boss is telling me. My teacher's telling me. My older brother's telling me. What can I do? This is the excuse that we give. Yusuf was being told to commit zina by who? His master basically, his master's wife. We put the blame on others and we think we'll be fine because we are being told by others. No. Even if you're being told by others, you have the right to say no. Because they're not going to defend you on the day of judgment. 
They're not going to protect you at all. And just see what happens. This woman, how she turned against Yusuf a.s. They call you in the name of love. They say, we love you. We want you. Really? You're not going to listen to us? You're going to disobey your parents? You're not going to listen to your husband? You're not going to care about your children? You're going to refuse your family? They call you in the name of love. Sometimes people who are very close to us, but they're calling us to what? They're calling us to what? Disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is basically a call to the fire. So it is very important that at that time we learn to say no respectfully. Respectfully. Sometimes we say, oh I have to take this haram loan because my parents have told me I don't have a choice. You know what? If you are firm about it, nobody can force you. No one can force you at all. To even put haram food in your mouth, no one can force you. It's all in your hand. They can pressurize you, but they cannot make you do it. Think about the pressure over here that was on Yusuf salam. First of all, he's a man and he's being invited by a woman. That itself is a big thing. And then secondly, look at who she is. All the doors are closed. So awkward for him to say no at that point. But still, he said no. Fearing Allah in ghaib, meaning when nobody is looking. Fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when no third person is watching. Because over here, the master wasn't there. Yusuf alayhi family was not there. Who would have found out? Nobody would have. But what was it that stopped him? Allah's fear. My Lord is watching me. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَرَاوَدَتْهُ الَّتِي هُوَ فِي بَيْتِهَا عَن نَفْسِهِ وَغَلَّقَتِ الْأَبْوَابَ وَقَالَتْ هَيْتَ لَكَ قَالَ مَعَاذَ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ وَهَمَّ بِهَا لَوْلَا أَرْرَآ بُرْهَانَ رَبِّهِ كَذَلِكَ لِنَصْرِفَ عَنْهُ السُّوءَ وَالْفَحْشَاءَ إِنَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا الْمُخْلَصِينَ 